What does greater life mean to you? Greater life has restored yes. my life. Yes. Um, I've had been in church for many years and allowed some circumstances in life to uh, detour me from God's will and I got out of the church for several years and uh, Bobby came into my life and we got married and then uh, through just God getting a hold of Bobby's heart, he actually led her to greater life and we went together and and everything just fell into place at that point. The church just welcomed us with open arms. All the fears I had about being rejected because of mistakes and just yeah. worried about people's opinions and, and being critical, there was none of that present at that church. None of it was present. And it made me feel so good, so refreshed, and felt so loved immediately. And it was so easy to become a part of greater life. And we just just felt we needed to be a part of it, not just members there. And we were embraced and we were loved and we were healed and we're here today as, as part of Greater Life and so grateful for it. It changed our marriage, it changed our home, it changed us as individuals. It honestly brought things into my life I, I wasn't even aware that were possible. I am Dwayne McConaughey, I am Greater Life. I am Bobby Sue McConaughey, and I am Greater Life. I came to Greater Life uh, through my parents. I felt called to be there after visiting a few times. Um, it wasn't long before me and my wife started attending regularly. Uh, after the, it just kind of took off from there, we fell in love with the people, we fell in love with the church and the way that it began to grow. And uh, it's definitely our home. I'm Thomas McConaughey, and I am Greater Life. I would say it's a safe haven. It's a place where you know everyone. It means a lot to me because um, I grew up here and my family grew up here. And Brother Hughes and all of y'all have been so loving and caring. And it means a lot to me that Greater Life is a church that actually preaches the truth and they're the most loving. Greater Life Church to me is a family, a place where you can come and be loved no matter what you look like, no matter where you came from, no matter who you are. Hi, I am Dana Aguilard and I am Greater Life. I am Greater Life. I am Greater Life. Hi, I'm Alexa Green and I am Greater Life. When I came to Greater Life, I was so moved and felt immediately at home felt more love than I have ever felt at any other church. I'm great in life. I am Tristan Hanna, and I am Greater Life. And I am Greater Life. Hi, I'm Brooke Buchanan, I am Greater Life. I'm Malachi Howard, I'm yeah. Greater Life. I'm Chelsea, and I am Greater Life. Hi, I'm Regina Green, and I am Greater Life. Hi, I'm Remy Long. And I am Greater Life. My name is Pemin Young. I am Deader Wife. I am Gator Life. 
I am chosen. I am a child of God. I am washed by His blood. I am redeemed. I am saved by grace. I am loved. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a friend of God. I am forgiven. I am cleansed. I am called. I am a new creation. I am alive. I am free. I am healed. I am His. I am greater life. Hi, I am Pastor Mark Hughes, and I am greater life. Praise the name of the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Hallelujah. We glorify your name, Lord. We thank you. We thank you today. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am greater life. I am greater life. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, I want to take you to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Exodus, the third chapter, I will begin reading with verse 11. You're familiar with this portion of scripture. It concerns the call of Moses to lead Israel out of bondage. And it was a very critical point in his life. And what God said to him transformed his mind, his spirit, changed him into the great leader that he would become. And I feel like the Lord would like to speak to us for a few moments. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. He prophesied before it ever happened what was going to happen. You're going to go to Egypt, but you're coming back to this mountain because of what I'm going to empower you with today. And you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, it shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And everybody said, Amen. Two words that speak such a powerful message. Depends on how you order them as to what message they speak. Moses said, am I? God said, I am. One of them is a statement of fact. The other one is a question of doubt. When you know who you are, 
When you understand who has sent you, it changes the whole dynamics of your mindset so that when you go forth, you go forth with power and with authority and with anointing. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. High five somebody and you may be seated. Amen. Don't miss. Our children are staying in today for a very important reason because this is about our whole church family today. This journey that we're on for me began many, many months ago after having gone through the devastation of a second flood and all that we've had to do to recover from that, God began to deal with me in a deeper way than in in past years about the direction that our church was going and what we needed to move forward with the power and with the authority and to become the church that he has destined for us to be. And it was in this process that I was going through in my prayer time that it kind of came to fruition last summer and God began to speak to me very clearly. Every year I try to seek the Lord for direction and the vision for that year and what God may have in mind for our church. But this year was different. I felt a sense of destiny. I There was something about the approaching of this year. It wasn't like any other year that I had ever come to face. There was something about it that spoke to me that God was in it in a greater way than we could even imagine. And my prayer has been, Lord, how do we bridge the gaps that I as a pastor often see in the church? And by gaps, I mean that there are, there, there's a vast difference between coming and being. Say those two words with me, coming and being. So many of us come to church, but we are not always the church. And I believe that is what God has concerned me with. The great concern is that when I look back over the past history of a church, I I see certain people and I see their impact upon that assembly. And so many times the credit comes to me for our church when the reality is the credit belongs to you who sit on these pews because it has been your faithfulness. It has been your commitment. It has been your willingness to work and serve that has brought us to where we are. This building that we are building is the first building that we have been able to build where we have not been the ones building it, actually putting it together. Everything else that has been put up on this property has been because a body of people have joined together and they have lent their hands and their expertise and their strength and just their willingness to do whatever could be done. I remember when we were building the original building, some of our men had never held a nail gun in their life. 
until we started that structure, but we taught them very quickly. And uh, we, 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 as my dad said, we learned them a few things, uh, things that they may not have wanted to have learned, but we did it because that was the only way we could get to where we needed to go. But God uh, has been dealing with me about something on a deeper level than that. There is a disconnect to a great degree in the culture that we live in uh, concerning the church. The reason that we are here today is because this has been the life and the heart and soul of many great people. Not just me and my wife or Brother Landon or Sister Sarah or any of the other leadership around here. But the reason that we are where we are right now is because of you that sit on these pews on a regular basis and you regularly give your tithes and offerings and you consistently offer your prayers. That is the reason we are here right now. And I think you ought to give yourself a little praise today for what you have done in your faithfulness to God. My wife and I have been concerned for some time about how to connect our younger generation and how to get the buy-in of new people that are coming into our church. And so I believe when I was praying that God began to speak to me concerning our church and God literally spoke to me that he wants to change the mindset of Greater Life Church. That when we come to this place, we have a different frame of reference. That there is a culture that is created around here of common beliefs and values. And when we envelop ourselves in that attitude, it will change the whole complex of what we are about. The question is often asked by people in life, who am I? I am convinced today that most of us sitting here at one time or another have asked ourselves that question, who am I? Because being able to answer that question gives us a sense of purpose and value and meaning. And there is an innate desire in every one of us to feel like we matter and that we count for something. My identity is vital to my life. My identity is vital to my purpose. My identity is critical to my success. If we do not know who we are, we will never accomplish anything significant in life. My identity helps define who I am, but more than that, it defines what I do and what I commit to and what I connect to. Our identity is our uniqueness. It is our character. It is the individuality, uh, the distinctiveness that makes us who we are. It it defines the difference between us and somebody else. It, uh, it, it, It talks about who we are. Our identity affects how we think. It affects how we feel. It affects how we go about life. 
it gives significance and value to what we do. So much is wrapped up in my identity. Without an identity, we are like a rudderless ship. Contentment is lost because we do not have a sense of identity. It is easy to make commitments when you have something to identify with and something to identify to. What is my identity, you ask? When we know who we are and when we know what we have been called to do and when we have that sense of identity, it will determine what we do and what we say. It will affect how we act and how we live and how we conduct our lives. And all of us want to belong to something. All of us want to be identified with something. If you don't believe that, in a little while, a few hours from now, some of you don't even know this, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. And there are going to be people with their team uh, jerseys on, blazoned brilliantly and boldly declaring, I'm a 49er fan or I'm a Chief fan. And we do that constantly. People wear rocket and astro paraphernalia. Why? Because we want people to know we identify with that culture. We want to be connected with what they represent. Somebody comes in with a pair of boots on and a cowboy hat, you know immediately you identify them as being a cowboy they may be a drugstore cowboy but you still identify them by what you see can I get a witness in the house so when God called Moses Moses was struggling with his own identity he had already tried to do something and it failed And so now you find him on the backside of the desert tending sheep. He had given up on his dream or whatever it was that he had felt inspired to do in the beginning when God had put him where he put him. And now he's just tending sheep when a bush begins to burn and God comes to visit him. And when Moses begins to speak, he speaks in the form of a question. Who am I? I don't have an identity. I don't know who I am. And God said, I'm about to fix that for you. I'm going to give you an identity, Moses. I'm going to give you something to live off of. I'm going to give you something to live by. I'm going to give you my identity. You can go to Pharaoh. You can go to the people of God and say, I am have sent me. I am has empowered me. Amen. Now, to my knowledge, and my brother's here, he's the scholar, he could correct me, but I went through Exodus, and I never find where Moses actually went to Pharaoh and said, I am sent me. The Bible said he did what the Lord commanded him, but it never records him saying, I am. He didn't have to say, I am. When Moses stepped in there, he stepped in with an authority that identified him with the God who had sent him. When he stepped in there and he opened his mouth and said, let my people go, Pharaoh had to know that's not coming from a man, that's coming from somewhere higher. Amen. Amen. I am 
is a statement of fact. It is a statement that gives you boldness. It is a statement that gives you confidence. It identifies an authority to operate in the realm in which you are called to operate. When we know who we are, it removes all doubt in our life. When we know who we are, it eliminates hesitation in our life. When we know who we are, it gives confidence to step out and boldly do something. When we know who we are, it strengthens our position. What comes to mind when I ask you this? What does greater life church mean? We asked people that and they described in some way what greater life meant to them. But when I say greater life church, what comes to mind when you hear that statement? Well, it speaks in terms to some people of a building and it speaks of a structure and an edifice, a house of worship, a place where people can gather and network and a beautiful facility and great property. Some people, when you say Greater Life Church, they are thinking of a location. It's 1655 FM 528, a half a mile west of I-45 headed toward Alvin. To some people, it speaks of a type of church, Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, whatever. When you say greater life church, they're trying to identify it in some way as some type, some particular organization or denomination. To the trained eye of the realtor, it is a valuable piece of property. They will talk to you about square footage. They'll talk to you about the real estate market. They'll talk to you about the desirability of the location. If you see a skill builder, he will tell you that it's a well-built structure and that it has materials of sheetrock and tubifores and mud and paint and doors and windows and, and a layout and a blueprint and a quality of craftsmanship and on and on. And to the casual observer that comes by and you say Greater Life Church, they'll say, oh, that's a community center. That's a place where you can get help. They help needy people. They help the poor. But to the spiritual eye, to the spiritual eye, to the discerning eye, Greater Life Church has got to be more than a building. It's got to be more than a location. It's got to be more than a denomination. It's got to be more. Yes. It's got to be more than just a place that you go to church. It's got to be more than a place where you teach a Sunday school class. It's got to be more than a place where you sing in the ensemble or you play an instrument, or you work in the sound booth. It's got to be more than a place that you fulfill a responsibility. I'm an usher. I'm a greeter. I'm, I'm this or I'm that. It's got to be more than just where my family hangs out. It's got to be more than just where my friends are. 
If Greater Life Church is going to impact this community, there's got to be a change of mindset. And this is the change of mindset that has to come. Greater Life Church is not a place I attend. It's who I am. It is who I am. I am Greater Life Church. It's not a building. It's a person. You see, as long as Greater Life stays a building, it'll be just another building. But when it becomes the embodiment in a person, it becomes life transforming. Because everywhere I go, I am Greater Life Church. I am what this church represents. I am everything that it stands for. Not just a place to hang out, but it's who I am. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. You can be seated for just a moment. You see, God is wanting to change the mindset of greater life. That's where I go to that's what I am. He wants to change the thinking from that's where I do ministry to that's who I am. I am greater life church. It is my identity. Listen to me. It is not part of my life. It is my life. Now, I'm going to tell you the difference. When it's just part of your life, if a job needs done, somebody will do it. If a position needs filling, oh, they'll find somebody. When it's just a place that you go, it's just where you hang out. It's just where you take your family. It's just where you have your friends. When there are needs that are present, you think about them in the third person. Somebody will get it done. But when you look at it as I am the church, it's not just part of my life. It is my life. It changes everything. Because now when there's a need, we're not looking for somebody else to fill it. We step in to fill the gap. We don't have to be commissioned. We don't have to be invited. When I look at myself as being the church, I'm looking for an opportunity to serve. And I believe what God wants to do at Greater Life has changed the whole dynamic of our mindset. So that this is not just a place that we come to, but it's who we are. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, every day, every year, every month, every hour. I am Greater Life Church. I am Greater Life Church. I am Greater Life. Would you say that with me? I am Greater Life. I am Greater Life. Turn and look at your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your friend. Say, I am greater life. I'm not just part of greater life. I am greater life.
You see, when we say it like that, now it becomes personal. And when you're personally invested in something, changes your whole attitude about stuff. I told our leadership team this. Years ago, I preached for a man in Escondido, California, and he took me to a fish taco place. And if you don't like fish tacos, you just, you missed part of paradise, but I, that's all right. But anyway, the best fish tacos I'd ever eat in my life. I mean, the, 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 the fixture, the mixture, the, the fish, the, the, the condiments, everything that they put in it. It was just, oh my Lord. So every time I would go out there, that's the first place I would always want to go. Let's go to the fish. And every time we would go, you know how you do when you go in a, a restaurant, you get your tray, they get your food, you go over to the napkin, you just grab a handful of napkins, you grab a handful of salt, pepper, this, that, you just come, all that stuff. I mean, just you, you fill the table up with condiments, ketchup, whatever's needed. You go sit down and you may use half of that stuff. I mean, you may only use two pieces of, the, two, two packages of salt and maybe a, a couple of peppers, but you got 15 of them laying on the table. Am I talking to anybody here? You may only need one napkin, but you got 20 of them on your table. So we did that. I mean, we'd go in there, we'd get all of our stuff, go eat, and we'd get through. We'd take all that we didn't use and dump it in the trash. Well, years later, I went back, and we went back to, to the same fish taco place. And we did the same thing. We went through, got our order. I went through and did the same thing I did before. I grabbed me a handful of napkins. I like a lot of napkins. I don't like food all over me, so I have a lot of napkins, more than I need. I had plenty of condiments and all that kind of stuff. And we came and sat down and we ate. When we got through eating, started to get up to leave, I noticed that this friend of mine reached over and all of the napkins that I had not touched in soil, he picked them back up. And all of the salt and pepper that I had not used and not you know, not, had not soiled. He picked him up and I watched him walk over and I think, man, that's awful strange. And, and he come back to me, he saw me, look at him, he smiled. He said, oh, I forgot to tell you, I bought stock in this company. <clears throat> and at that time, the stock had gone down the tubes and every, every piece of condiment meant a little bit of money going out the door. It changed his whole attitude about how he went into that restaurant. It changed the way he held or he viewed what was available to him. What happened? There was an identity that came with that now. That is me right there. That's part of my life. And when it becomes part of your life, it'll change the attitude you have when you come to the house. (laughs) Yeah, I'm invested in it now. And so we become personally responsible. When you walk across the parking lot and you see a piece of trash laying on the parking lot that kind of dirties up the look of things, when you just come to church, you'll usually just walk right past it. But when you are the church, that's me. That represents me right there. It changes your whole attitude. When you come driving on this property and you see something that needs to be done, you're not saying, well, you know, I think they'll probably get somebody to fix that. Somebody's going to say, Brother Hughes, I just noticed something out there. Can we fix that? Absolutely we can. Amen. 
That's the difference between just going and being. Attending and being. Coming and being. When you say, I am Greater Life Church, you make it more than a place. You make it a practice in your life. It's not just a thing to do. It is who I am. It creates ownership. And when you have ownership, it will give you a part uh, uh, responsibility in what is going on here. It will help you to form greater commitments when you say, I am greater life, church. Amen. We need somebody to fill a position in the nursery. I am greater life, church. Where can I fit in? Amen. It generates commitment. It crafts a deeper relationship. And it gives initiative to be more involved. To not be asked to, but to be greater life means that I have something at stake here. This thing sinks or swims because I am greater life church. I don't just come here to get blessed. I don't just come here so my family can be lifted up. I don't just come here so I can be preached to. I come here because this is my life. This is who I am. And I want to give back what has been invested in me. Amen. I believe it will take our church to a whole new level. It will take our church outside these four walls, beyond the parking lot, into the workplace to create a desire to be Greater Life Church at your job, in your home, in your community. It is who we are. Amen. Not where I go, not where I hang out, not just where I attend, but it is who I am. Amen. When you buy into it like that, It changes everything. There's no commitment that you're not willing to make. There's no sacrifice that is too great. Greater life, church, that's who I am. I am greater life. It's not a building. It's not a location. It's a person. Amen. It's you and you and you and you. It's all of us together. Banding is one army. Church, listen to me. If we can embrace this, I believe this is more than a theme. When God began to speak to me, I feel like God spoke to me in these terms, that this is not a theme for the year. This is a mindset for the future of this church. This is the culture that we are going to create around here. I don't just come here. I am this. I am this. I am greater life. Church, come on, stand to your feet and give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Amen. When you are willing to take ownership, some of you are not sure you want to buy into this yet. I don't know what you're waiting on. Some of the best people in the world are right around you. Amen. You're not going to find any better people than they're around you right now? Well, I'm just waiting. What are you waiting on? 
The church has already blessed you. The church has already given you opportunity to worship. The church has already embraced you. You know, that's the number one thing people say when they come to a church. Well, I felt welcomed. Well, I felt welcome. I felt like somebody wanted me. And that's good. We want that. But at some point, we have to embrace what has embraced us. And not just with our words, but with our life. Amen. The disconnect that I spoke of earlier, the gaps. As I was growing up, I noticed something about my family. It didn't matter what was going on in our life when I was a kid growing up. It didn't matter if if our family was functioning properly or not. It didn't matter if they were all doing everything they needed to do. There was one thing that was a guarantee. If there was a church service, we were going to be there. We were going to be there. No questions. No doubts. You didn't have to ask, are we going to church tonight? I remember a time when my father was going through a bad time spiritually and was struggling and he was not being faithful to church. I remember even in that state, he made sure that I got to church because he knew that was, that was the hope, not only of our family and my life, but all of life. What I noticed about that generation was that church was who they were. It was their life. It was their life. I mean, everything they did was done around the church. And, you know, we grew up, I don't know how many of you ever been to Lufkin camp meeting, but that was, that was part of life. People, listen, believe it or not, people took their only vacation of the year to go to Lufkin to be at camp for seven, five days, five nights, five days of preaching, nonstop preaching and Holy Ghost. We don't even think in those terms anymore. It's a hard thing to get people to even come to a conference anymore because it's just too busy. I mean, their, their schedules are too busy. And what I've noticed over the years is there's been a shift from the church being my life to the church being a part of my life. But in that shift, I've also noticed something else happen. There's been a loss of spiritual authority and power in the church. Because when you're confused about who you are, you're never gonna open your mouth and declare boldly who sent you. If you're struggling with your identity, you don't know where you belong, you're not going to worship, you're not going to, to, to make yourself vulnerable to a move of the Holy Ghost. And I have watched over the years as there has been this shift from, from church being the center of life to just being part of life. And I believe God is wanting us to change our mindset. Amen. You said, Brother Hughes, 
I'm too busy right now. That's part of the problem. Here's what I'm going to tell you. That when you get the order right with God, God will get the order right in your life. Yeah. Yeah, when you get the order right with him, when he is put back in the center, he's not just something that I do. He's just not someplace I go on the weekend, but it's who I am. Then it defines your life and it gives order in Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday so that the chaos and the confusion of what do I do, what am I supposed to be doing, it, it, it eliminates that. When we embrace the fact that I, I don't just come here, this is who I am. Something's going to happen in the spiritual realm that's going to blow this place. I'm telling you right now. It transformed Moses when he went from questioning, am I, to I am. It changed his whole life. Amen. The authority that he lived in. And I believe that if something could happen, that you and I over the next few months, weeks, days, or whatever, or right now, just make up our mind. You know what? I am Greater Life Church. If it sinks or swims, it's going to be because of my investment. It's going to be because of my commitment. I'm not looking for somebody else to fill that place. I'm going to find a place. I'm going to, if it needs to be done, I'm going to put my hand to it and do it. Amen. Is there anybody here today that interested in becoming, not just coming? Amen. Amen. I'm, I want to do more than just come to church. I want to become the church. You interested in that? So that your life, everywhere you go, you exemplify Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how it works. Sister Sarah shared with me the other day something that happened. All the pictures that are outside. <clears throat> she had taken them to Walgreens, I believe, to have them copied and and the manager of that store, when she came to pick up, uh, the clerk said the manager wanted to see you. Yeah, wanted to see Sarah Long, wanted to meet her. This is the manager, the man who evidently had processed all of these pictures. And when she met with him, she, he, he said, oh, Sarah, your worship. Now, he'd never been here. He's never sat in one of our services. He never heard any of our music. But what he saw on a picture that had been brought in to be reproduced, he said, what I see there, I want to be a part of that. I want to come and worship with you. That's what happens when greater life becomes more than just a place you come, it becomes who you are. Amen. It empowers you to do things and to be and to, and to have boldness. Oh, somebody say, I am greater life. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am 
greater life. Man, I am. Now I tell you what I want you to do. I want it to become so infectious. These t-shirts, they're for sale out there. If you can't buy them or can't purchase them, you come and see us. We'll try to help sell some Coke bottles so you can get you a t-shirt. We have wristbands. We have lapel pins. We have little things to put on your, your, your window in your car that says, I am greater life. So that wherever you go, whatever you're doing, nobody has to wonder who you are. They don't have to question your identity. They know who you are. I'm tired of just coming to church. I want to be the church. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am greater life. The commitments, the involvement. Some of you are looking for a place to fit in. I promise you this, if you'll just start saying this with me, I am greater life, you're going to find out that that's going to open doors of opportunity to you that you don't even realize exist. Because what's going to happen is you're going to stop waiting to be asked and you're going to volunteer. Well, I have this burden, Brother Hughes, but nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it because you've never said anything about it. And you can nurture that and you can pray, oh God, God, share that with somebody. Let somebody know what I feel. But when you, when, when you transition from just coming to church to being the church, suddenly it changes your perspective. Amen. It changes your whole attitude. And, and you don't have to be asked now. You're volunteering. Hey, is there a way I can help you? This, this is my church. I have an investment here. Amen. I'm not just waiting to see, you know, do I fit in here or not? I, I made up my mind. I'm going to fit in. I'm going to tell you something about Greater Life Church. It's the easiest church in the world to fit into. We don't check your bank account. We don't check your social status. We don't check your background, your intelligence. We don't check your degrees. We just accept you as you are. When you walk through those doors, you're going to be embraced by love that's going to cover whatever fault may be in your life. Now, we're not excusing faults. We're just saying that, you know what? You're always welcome here. And if the church would embrace me like that, then the least I can do is embrace that church with my life. Amen. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen today. Some of us need to make a transition in our thinking. And we need to begin to speak it and confess it with our mouth. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am greater life. Turn to your neighbor and say it right now. Look them right in the eye and say it. I am greater life church. I am. I am. Praise God. I want you to join hands with your friends and family right now. Holy Ghost. We need you desperately today. God, I, I am nothing 
but a clay vessel. And I know that there is no power or authority in me, only in what you have put in me. But until I embrace what you put in me, I can never live in the authority of what you've given me. And today, God, I am asking you to help bring about a transformation in the minds and the hearts and the spirit of this people that will change the way we look at this church. It will change the way we feel about this place. It will change our attitude about this place. It will transform our spirit concerning this place. It will involve our commitment, our dedication, our will. Lord, whatever, whatever I can do, here I am, Lord, because I am Greater Life Church. Lord, I am what it represents. I am the love. I am the grace. I am the kindness. I am the words of encouragement. I am the hand that reaches out. I am the voice that speaks. I am the feet that move. Oh God, today, I pray that you would lay your hand upon every mind and every heart. And there would be a shift in this place. There would be a transformation in this house because we bought in lock, stock, and barrel. We bought in totally. We are are sold out. We're sold out. We are. We are the church. We are greater life. Amen. Everywhere I go, everything I do, Let it speak those words. I am greater life.